0: All right, welcome to the Notice Left Podcast, your weekly source of postal knowledge and life advice. I'm your host, Mailman P, best in the West at delivering. I'm joined by my co-host. It's me, Bowers, the beast of the East of Distributing. Well, Bowers, you know, the way I look at it, the mighty Mississippi might divide this country, but it doesn't stop the flow of our legendary tag team. That being said, how's life out there in Pittsburgh?
1: Man, it's just another damn paradise, and how's life out there on the front range, Mailman
0: P? I'm just dreaming to live so I can live the dream, you know, just trying to change lives one letter at a time. While we are getting into the podcasting game, I realize that we're new in the community, and so we're going to really need the help of our legendary listeners that we can get this podcast out to the masses.
1: Absolutely, and all we need you to do, one, two quick little things for us. Go to our podcast and give us a rate and review. Be as honest as you want to be. We're not going to beg you for five stars because what
0: we're going to bring you is going to be five stars. Now, Bowers, I can't disagree with that. I can only hope that the listeners out there are going to go ahead and nail these ratings and reviews um, about as smoothly as you nailed that. uh, Remembering what number came after one there (laughs) (laughs) because I really thought you were going to blow it. but. I mean, in all seriousness, listeners, we would absolutely love it if you could jump on there and give us uh, whatever kind of review, whatever kind of rating you want. But that's how we are going to be able to get this out there. All right, Bauer. So obviously one of the topics that's on everyone's mind right now is the entire COVID-19 crisis. And, you know, while there's a lot of opinions and voices out there on what you should do, shouldn't do. I'm going to leave that to the experts, but I'll talk about an area with you that I believe we actually do have some knowledge on and that's kind of what happens with COVID and the postal system.
1: Yeah, man, uh that, I mean, we don't know a whole lot about COVID of course because we aren't scientists, but sometimes I play one. But uh yeah, it's been uh it's been crazy, man. Um how are they taking care of you guys out there in Colorado
0: with the PPE? You know, honestly, it's not too bad. Uh, they're doing a pretty good job of sanitizer and gloves and masks in terms of actually providing them. Uh, our problem that we're having is, and it seems like from what I can gather, this is a problem across the nation in offices, is that not everybody really cares to abide by the idea of wearing a mask so that they don't spread it in the office if they have it, or they don't care about gloves or, you know, like that's that's kind of what we're running into as the issue Yeah, that kind
1: of actually sounds like me. (laughs) I I, I don't wear gloves whenever I'm in the office. Um, I just feel like they prohibit me from doing what I like to do. And I can't wear gloves
0: in the winter. I'm not going to wear little rubber gloves when I'm inside burning up. So, yeah, I think that's what like kind of one of the areas where I'm coming across it. So, I mean, let's just start at the top of the body in in terms of a mask. Now, again, I'm not a scientist. I can only – kind of take what i've read and apply it to my own personal life and i do know that in our office we are required to wear a mask if we're not in our own case but from what i can gather you know the whole idea of the mask is not necessarily to prevent me from getting the virus it's more if i had it it dramatically reduces the effect of me potentially spreading the virus through breathing um And, you know, I can adhere to that, but I'll be honest, dude, do you think there's not days that my ears want to just get ripped off my body from the damn cords, you know, just being behind them the whole time? It sucks. Yeah,
1: for sure. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I always have to put my mask on whenever I'm going in businesses, and it drives me nuts. I feel like at any moment my ears are about to fall off.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, let's be honest, dude. Um, You probably were already getting asked to wear a mask when you walked in businesses just because of how you looked. Well, that (laughs) is true, man. (laughs) Uh,
1: I'm not going to lie. I do get weird looks sometimes, but then they talk to me and realize I'm the uh, best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be on the East Coast. So they just kind of get with the program and let me do what I want. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely get it. Put it on if you're feeling under the weather. I mean, plus it doesn't help. It's allergy season right now. I'm going around sneezing, so anytime somebody sees me sneeze, they're probably screaming, COVID! COVID! He's sick!
0: No. Oh, which is hilarious, too, since sneezing actually isn't one of the symptoms of COVID, but, you know, it's whatever. Now, while we're on the topic of face, mask or no mask, I think that we can both agree... Uh, the CDC has made it pretty clear you don't want to touch your face if your hands haven't been washed. And let's be honest, dude, when we're in the post office, there are a lot of things that we touch on a daily basis. Like even before COVID, I don't necessarily know if I wanted to touch my face, but I've noticed two things. In the first month since all this shit started, I have never in my life wanted to touch my face more. Like I, the tiniest little itches, like a little tiny fuzz, it was so frustrating. But then since then, I become the master of not touching my face.
1: I think I was the master of not touching my face before all this. <laughs> now, now I want to touch my face all the time. Maybe it's just my imagination that something's kind of give me a little tickle around the nose or eyes, or maybe it's just because I want to piss somebody off by touching it. I don't know, but <laughs> but I yeah, I get
0: what you're saying. Yeah, you know, it's especially out here in Colorado. We, you know, when we get real windy stuff too, and there'll be like little dandelion things blowing around and like allergies and dust and dirt kicks up and like again i in the years i've been working for the postal service like i don't think it ever phased me at all but now like it's i think it's probably just because it gets stuck in your head you know i just keep having these thoughts of like don't touch your face don't touch your face and then all of a sudden i'm like oh my god my face itches oh my god there's that fuzzy i gotta get it i gotta get it and so like i've truly mastered this whole premise of Using a shoulder or, like, the inside part of my arm that um, I didn't even think was possible to get to my face from a flexibility standpoint before all this. Yeah, I've got that mastered now.
1: I do every once in a while. I think it depends on what kind of mood I'm in, whether I want to go through the trouble of, like, trying to maneuver a body part to get the itchy or I just want to
0: stick my finger in my eye and be done with it. I see, I think that's one of the hardest ones and I absolutely love when I get home and I actually like take the shower and then take like just getting that first like scratch your eyeballs, which I don't really know if you can actually scratch your eyeball, but you know what I'm saying. Like scratching your eyeball actually sounds kinda painful. But the premise of like rubbing your eyes and kinda getting down to your tear ducts, man, it feels so good.
1: Oh yeah, you can definitely scratch your eye, you'll just have some retinal issues afterwards, but I don't advise it, but yeah. Yeah, you know,
0: you can't win them all, they say. You can't win them all. Oh, sure you can. So moving on from masks and, like, your face, um, this whole thing of gloves. And at first, I think it was more uh, like a lack of knowledge and information that was out there. But I felt it pretty necessary to wear gloves. And it was also easy to do because we were transitioning, you know, from the cold, like, end of January, end of February, that kind of stuff the way the gloves weren't that bothersome versus now like dude they get so damn hot so quick out there like these gloves i mean i I just pour sweat underneath the gloves yeah
1: i uh whenever it first started i probably a couple days actually probably a couple days after it started i decided i'm gonna try to wear the gloves out just because my wife asked me to to be safe so i was like "Eh, I'll, i'll give it a shot. No less than 30, 45 minutes of being out there. Dude, my hands just, you could just look at the gloves and see the sweat in the gloves. It was disgusting.
0: Yeah, dude, it's gross. You can see it down through there and like, shit, dude, I take them off and they're like uh, like ghostly white because they've been just sitting in the sweat all day and then like they're all pruny and shriveled up like a damn raisin. Like, it's awful.
1: Yeah, it's like you've been sitting in a bathtub all day just hanging out.
0: Yeah. And so like, I'm kind of getting to that spot in my life that I don't, you know, they say it doesn't really transfer on paper, which is, you know, it's a good chunk of what we do, but then there's, you know, it can live on steel, which is what most mailboxes are made out of, like some kind of steel alloy or possibly aluminum. Um, And then I've heard the reports of like up to 24 hours on cardboard. And obviously, you know, we deliver a a pretty good chunk of packages on a daily basis, but I'm, I'm kind of wondering. Like, what are the gloves actually doing for me? (laughs)
1: That beats me. Probably just uh, letting it linger around on you more, if you ask me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... They have no effing clue
0: what the hell's actually happening. Well, and I think I've kind of started to maybe think about it in my head and realize that maybe it could be a thing where like if I had an open cut on my hand or something, I would be a little more prone to wear a glove just to, I mean, for infection in general, but making sure that COVID doesn't make its way down in there. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you, it's getting harder and harder every damn day to wear gloves the entire time I'm out on the street. Just it's so hot. Like it, it makes a massive difference whether you have them on or not.
1: Oh yeah. I openly admit it, that it, uh, it literally lasted one day for me. I have the box of gloves in my truck. And don't plan on putting them back
0: on. <laughs> I mean, it's nice that you at least had a box to take out to your truck. We had a problem right out of the gate of, I wouldn't necessarily say just gloves, but uh, just supplies in general were magically disappearing between uh, even like rolls of toilet paper, which, you know, I uh, don't even get me started on the whole toilet paper thing. Yeah, toilet paper saves lives, that's for sure. Yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think that – uh I wish we would have maybe had a little more national direction right out of the gate, just in terms of employee safety. And not a, I won't even want to call it like a fear based thing. I think it was just more, um, there was really no information. And now that, you know, we've had look, guidelines from the CDC and the World Health Organization, and, you know, we've seen how the states are reacting. Um, I feel overall that we have the supplies we need to be safe. And you can kind of take it to whatever level of extreme you want to do, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think it was handled overall pretty well. Um, Like you were saying earlier, some of the supplies by the time we got our hands on were kind of scarce, so we didn't probably get as much as we needed or as quickly as we needed, which uh, when you're one of the biggest uh, employers in the
0: United States, uh, we kind of need that stuff. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the fine line to walk, too. Like, I don't, I don't disagree that we are in enclosed areas where we're exposed to a lot of people that are just our coworkers. And then, you know, um, like my office does two whole zip codes for the city. So like there's a lot of that cross exposure where, you know, somebody on the other side of town that I would never interact with has an interaction with another carrier in my office who has an interaction with me. And so now by default, I've kind of been quote unquote exposed to that person. And that's, you know, that's kind of the tricky part. Um, but for me as also like that selfish questioning of like, um, are we stealing masks from genuine frontline workers in the sense of like, uh, nurses, urgent care, you know, that kind of stuff, the people that are actually physically interacting with people that have tested positive and, I I I personally at least had that like kind of moral debate by me using the supply. Am I keeping it from somebody who has a much higher chance of contracting it?
1: Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, the I don't know if what kind of mask they got you guys out there, but we end up getting these um, just white cloth masks. They almost look like uh, a jock strap that you put on your ears and face
0: which is lovely, of course. But um, oh, Are you talking about those ones that had? They have like the little bits of copper and silver inside of them? No, nah, I don't think so. Mine's
1: just a little piece of cloth. I literally feel like I'm yeah. putting a thong on my face.
0: It's uh, We got those masks. The problem with those masks is I remember when it first started, I I had kind of inquired about it a little bit, but we got those masks so late into the game. It was just kind of like, damn, dude. Um, most everybody I know has already gotten some kind of homemade masks, like my wife's aunt. And grandma sewed up a bunch for us. So I was kind of good right out of the gate, which was nice too. Cause I didn't feel like I was taking those critical supplies at the time. Uh, but yeah, the ones that they finally got to so it was like, man, this is a little too late, you know, like we're months into this thing. And, and we finally got something.
1: Yeah. For the longest time, I was just wearing a bandana I had laying around the house, cleaned it up, strapped it around my nose and it worked, but That was, like, super annoying because if you didn't get it tight enough, it would fall off. you got it too tight, you felt like you were going to break your nose.
0: There's, like, no happy medium. Yeah, that's the, you know, the yin and the yang behind it. At least uh, as much as it murders your ears, it's nice to uh, have the one that goes behind it because it stays in place. And, you know, it also is super frustrating to see somebody that says they're, quote, unquote, wearing a mask, but it's not covering their nose. And it's like, ah, man, you're you're actually not doing anything right now. (laughs) Yeah. Has to to cover the nose, has to cover the nose and the mouth.
1: I can't tell you how many times I've been in the grocery store and see like some elderly person, their mouth's covered, nose is just out. It's like, I don't think you got the memo, but who the hell am I to tell you? I'm not a doctor.
0: Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that kind of just wraps up some general points and conversations uh, that I've had with uh, fellow carriers Um, friends who don't, you know, work with me, just kind of curious how it's going. And so I kind of hope that maybe that, you know, kind of answers some questions that people had and kind of gets the, you know, the truth out there that, well, it was a little slow in getting to us. We finally did um, eventually have all of the things that we needed. Um, And, you know, I know that some places too, like it happened for us here where I'm at, we had a, a local distillery that actually dropped off. They had custom made some uh, nice hand sanitizer that they dropped off a whole case of it at our office for us and so you know it is kind of cool to see the community rally behind those type of supplies and get them to people that are out there and and that was a nice gesture by them so yeah mad props to all the
1: distilleries that have been doing that actually around the country i've been hearing about it a lot mad props yeah does. you know
0: Yeah, they all deserve the, you know, the the thanks and the pat on the back for, and those are the people that are doing the stuff behind the scenes, you know, not that I'm looking for or fishing for some sort of compliment, but, you know, we often see, and and rightfully so by all means, you know, doctors and nurses uh, getting their props and their accolades and they deserve every bit of it. And that goes along with other essential employees like grocery store workers, like they have way more face-to-face interaction than I do on a typical day. And they're dealing with things of... Uh, people walk into grocery stores, they just touch everything. I mean, they (laughs) touch everything. And then, you know, those grocery store employees have to deal with that. And, you know, so props off to them and everybody that's out there helping, you know, the country kind of keep moving, even if it's, we're kind of sputtering along after, you know, kind of cruising for a while there. Um, but yeah, special thanks to everybody out there. Uh, essential or not essential, you know, um, because even if you weren't a person that was going to work, if you actually did what you were supposed to and you kept your ass at home to kind of minimize the numbers, like you actually deserve a thanks too because you did the right thing. I absolutely. I totally agree. Congratulations to SpaceX and NASA for historically getting something off the ground from American soil and successfully out into orbit and letting uh, two astronauts join the International Space Station there.
1: Yeah, no doubt that was uh, that was an intense uh, viewing pleasure to be uh, just to be honest with you. And uh, hats off to Doug and Bob. I mean, one, you're astronauts. Two, your names Doug and Bob. Like it doesn't get any fucking better than that. And here's the big kicker to me you got the fuck off this rock just in time.
0: Well, not only that, but uh, they also took a dinosaur in outer space with them, which is pretty unbelievable. I mean, granted, it was just a stuffed dinosaur, but did you uh, – I don't know if you watched the video when they gave kind of the tour of the cabin that they're in there. Did you watch that one?
1: Um, I did not see that part. I kind of realized what was going on a little late, but I did catch from like the last five minutes until launch, so –
0: Oh, so this one they did when they were up in outer space. You should watch it. It's pretty sweet. They like actually tore the cabin and like everything that you know they had going on there um when they were actually in for the launch uh and they told the story you know it's already awesome, but the the dinosaur they had i guess they if I understood it correctly, I could be wrong, but um, they both have kids and their kids love dinosaurs, and they like took a combination of those and sewed together that dinosaur and named it. And that's what they took up to outer space with them. So
1: that's awesome. Uh, <clears throat> I, I I don't remember back in 2011 when the last one launched, but I'll definitely remember the one that just launched a couple of days ago. I mean, for various reasons, the craft they're on was totally different. It, if you can see the comparison, like I saw the other day, a video side by side of the two launches happening, it's just, crazy how far along we've came in the technology this thing's taken off all you see is just the afterburner instead of the 2011 one is just all this like i don't know exhaust i guess you would say just fill out the atmosphere it's just crazy how much how far along they've came with that
0: Oh, dude, it's definitely insane, and then on top of that, like, the whole, um, like, the Falcon 9 coming back down and, like, landing on that drone ship that Elon Musk owns. Like, what was the name of it? Um, Um, Baby, I Still Love You, or no, what was it? Damn it. It Um, it was something of that, uh,
1: something close to that.
0: You Know I Still Love You, or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of embarrassing that I couldn't remember it just now because I love outer space, but, you know, that's on me. I, I'll take that one on the chin. Hey, sometimes um, you just got to take one on the chin. Uh, it's also, to me, it's so impressive at how quickly they broke supersonic speed. And then um, I think one of the most amazing things is once they actually like, get into outer space and they get into orbit, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when they actually went to dock with the International Space Station, While it looks like they're barely moving, because, you know, they were approaching that last like 20 meters took almost two minutes to do it. And you're just like, dude, it's only 20 meters because you can't comprehend from like the angle that you have because you can't see it that they're actually traveling like 17,000 miles an hour.
1: Yeah, that was I had to be the most painful thing. If you're in their position, you just flew to space and you're barely moving. Mm for the last 20 minutes or so it's like just just get me off this thing let me uh move around i'm annoyed yeah now.
0: and since we are recording this a little late because i forgot it i did see um uh, and it kind of sucked but uh when they were climbing aboard the international space station one of the guys did doink his head on the like the crossbar coming into the platform and it was just like you know these astronauts are badass, but it is that subtle reminding that they are actually humans just like us. Like, how often do you stub your toe or jam your finger just doing something stupid? And uh, it just kind of sucked for that guy that happened with, you know, a bunch of people around the world watching.
1: I He can uh, tell everyone he had a concussion in space. How about you?
0: I mean, no, I've never even been to outer space, so that dude's already whipping my ass, and uh, how incredibly cool and awesome he is. So I have a podcast that we're just now starting. That dude has left the planet, so he wins. I, you know, I got to give it to him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was. I I just can't go back and just tell you how incredible it was to watch it. I got to watch it with my wife and my two year old daughter, and dude, she loved watching that thing take off. She was like, "Oh, look, rocket!" So.
0: Dude, that's awesome that she's already that interested in space. I uh, had to be at work, but fortunately I've taken my break on the street yet, so i I've actually watched the the whole launch, and then I was able to uh, just have the audio playing in my pocket, and so kind of just like hear um, everything that was going on with, you know, as they progressed through the atmosphere and as they gained their speed and then the the two stages that they had when they could still manually abort if something had gone wrong, and then when they actually – um successfully had the nominal trajectory and made it into orbit like all that stuff i mean i love outer space and i can't lie dude like some people don't think it's that impressive but i straight got goosebumps and like a little misty eyed when that rocket actually took off
1: yeah i'm definitely jealous of those guys it's not something very many people have gotten uh have gotten to see in history and i'm guessing moving forward more people are going to get to see it but who knows when that's going to be and uh Maybe one day.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's my, one of my biggest dreams I've had since I was a kid. I mean, you know, I never did anything to actually go to, like, astronaut school. So that's on me, my own fault, I guess. But I've always wanted to see Earth from outer space. Like, I don't think you can actually comprehend the size of a planet until you're not on the planet and can actually see it. No. Uh, <laughs>
1: I mean, I was outside walking the dog and I just kind of gazed up at the moon like I typically do. It's like... Man, that thing's fucking huge, and we are a long way away. I couldn't imagine just being up there in a ship or a space station or anything, and looking down at planet
0: Earth. It's it's got to be intense. Yeah, it's got to be breathtaking. So, yeah, uh, congratulations again, SpaceX and NASA. You guys are badasses, and uh, hopefully, we can still keep doing more and more awesome things as time goes on. With uh, you know, stuff on the moon and all the stuff that they're doing on Mars and um i mean i know that we can't travel at light speed yet but i don't know if i'll live long enough to see it through but man that's pretty badass to watch these dudes go to outer space and the the idea and speculation of what the future could possibly hold in you know those endeavors
1: yeah totally godspeed to uh,
0: bob and doug when it comes to getting mail and packages delivered to people's doors i would say that we're legendary when it comes to podcasts I've come to really appreciate how legendary Anchor is.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Anchor is the easiest way to create a podcast, man. Um, they give you literally everything you need at your fingertips to record and edit your podcast. And all you need is a smartphone or a computer.
0: Now, I got to tell you, it is relieving to work with a company that actually gives you everything you need. But the best part, and this is what you were going to talk to me about, is it's free, right? Yep,
1: one hundred percent free, and not only is it free, but Anchor is going to distribute all your work to all the apps you enjoy listening to. But here is the here is a big time catch right here
0: that had me from the beginning. You can get paid to podcast, paid to podcast. Like we're talking right out of the gate, I am going to have some money rolling in from podcasting.
1: Yep, that dirty, dirty cash.
0: Well, we all like cash, don't we? And we all like things that are free. So, folks, if you want to go ahead and get in the podcasting game, go check out Anchor.fm to join the podcasting community. That's Anchor.fm. And don't forget, you can also download that free app.
1: Everyone, this is a segment we like to call Certified Delivery, and to tell you all about it is Bellman P.
0: Yeah, you know, by the way I look at it is certified delivery is one of the most bona fide ways that you can send a letter or a package. Um, so this is going to be some bona fide postal information to just kind of help customers and carriers create a better relationship moving forward. So today, I know the topic I kind of want to cover between us is the idea of a change of address. And the way that I look at the change of address is... It- a lot of people seem to think that we just have, like, this massive computer system that automatically knows where everyone moves and where they live, and that's not true. No, not at all. I mean, it would be nice if it did, right? Because then I wouldn't have to worry about doing anything like updating names on labels and all of that shit, but it just doesn't work that way.
1: No, unfortunately, it does not work that way, and the people need to
0: finally know that. Yeah. So, you know, the nice part is there's a couple of different ways. Like obviously you can just get the paper form and do it and it's free um, or you can do it online. I think it costs a dollar, which is fine, you know, whatever. Um, but one of the, the things that a change of address matters most on is that when you leave and we don't know that you leave, we still deliver the mail there. And then I'm sure that you've seen it happen. Sometimes It might be like a month later that a resident comes out and informs me that, you know, person A no longer lives here. And then it's a crapshoot if they actually have that mail. Um, Sometimes they throw it away. Sometimes they give it back to you. Who knows what's there, what's not there. Um, And sometimes it, you know, can be like important things like a bill or uh, like a birthday card or graduation card. Um, And so I know that I personally, at least, I mean, I'm curious to see your opinion. I care about the most in the sense of I want to make sure that we are getting your mail to you. Or if you don't want to do a change of address form, I don't know, maybe you don't want anybody to know where you live. That's fine. We can at least get that mail immediately returned to the sender.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I see that a lot of times, like you were just saying, people leave. You have no idea they left. (laughs) So yeah, we're still delivering and sometimes uh sometimes somebody moved in right away and they'll be kind enough to bring it out and be like, Hey, this person moved out. Um, can you mind trying to forward it? Or hey, this person just picked up and left and we don't know where he went. And sometimes sometimes things do get lost. You don't get your little printout sticker. Um, I guess they do stickers where you're at too. I know we do, um, yeah, yeah. to put on the little pink, uh, pink cards. And, uh, sometimes mm-hmm. those things just make it through and don't ever get printed. I mean, I know even when I was being a 204B, which is an assistant supervisor, I would go to print them out every morning for the carriers. And we know that somebody put in a change of address, but yet it's still not coming through the printer for us. So we're just kind of like, what the hell? And the supervisor or the Postmaster has to go through and like look it up and can like send it undercover to the person if we have an address on file.
0: Yeah, so I mean I guess maybe that's where sometimes people get a little confused too. And that's kind of one of the things we want to do with this segment is kind of help bridge that gap is I guess in one sense we do have a computer system, but it's not like a constantly updating thing. Like even if you didn't know this, um as a listener, a change of address is not like a permanent thing. It's just a temporary solution until you can notify senders that you've moved. And now, granted, you're always still gonna kind of get some like advertisement based mail that's addressed to you and like that's fine. I'm more concerned about getting, you know, important looking things and and packages actually to the correct person. And so for me, I think I care about it so much because it also works the opposite way. Like when you move into a place I want to know that you live there so that I'm not just returning your mail to a sender because I didn't know that you actually moved in.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I like whenever somebody moves in, if I just see I'm moving in before I even get a change of address, I'll I'll just ask him, like, hey, how are you doing? Uh, what What's going to be the name on the mail so I know that the correct mail is showing up for you and it's not the old resident here? Just Just so I can try to make it easier for me easier for you i just like doing my job to be honest yeah but
0: i bet you use one of them cheesy ass lines you are just like welcome to the neighborhood well <laughs> every once in a while i just throw it out there. i mean don't get me wrong i've i've said it to you i'm just as guilty um but that's you know it's the jokes that everyone always makes like uh if it's raining like oh sure it's wet out there like yeah you know whatever i get it um we all say it uh, and, you know, part of it too, with the the whole idea of a change of address as well is um, I personally have heavy rental units. So I constantly have people moving in and out and you might miss your last utility bill that you thought that you paid, but if you didn't put in a forward, you don't know it. Now you're getting sent off to a collection agency and, you know, some BS like that. Or um, we also have a pretty active real estate market out here in Colorado And there have been times where uh, if I like I know a house is for sale, I'll do my best to try to hold the mail. But, you know, we can only hold it for a definite amount of time. We can't just hold it forever. Um, And sometimes you do like get a title to the house or a vehicle title or, you know, the reminder to get your pets um, their rabies shot or, you know, things like that. Like, you know, kind of important documents that you want to have. And so that's why I care about it. And that's why I kind of wanted to make this one of our initial certified delivery segments is because we want you to get the right stuff. And one of the biggest things is in a college town, we have this whole U plus two rule out here. We're like, you can't be, you can't have more than three non-related people living in a house by quote unquote city ordinance. Um, And that's fine. And so I know that a lot of times people like hesitate to fill that out because of that but like i assure you at least me personally i don't know about you bowers but i don't want those names to like turn around and turn you into like the local housing authority because i personally don't give a shit how many people live in your house like me personally as a worker and as just a human being like if you can make it work with two people that's awesome if you can somehow have 10 people in that house and you guys all get along and make it work that's fine too i personally don't care i'm not going to turn you in I only had the concern of getting the right names for that house or apartment or business, you know, whatever it might be. So that I'm actually getting the correct mail and packages delivered instead of having something that you are waiting on get sent back because I didn't know that you lived
1: there. Yeah, I agree. I don't uh, I don't give a rat's ass how many people live in a house. Just if you're not doing any harm to me or trying to and you're cleaning out the mailbox.
0: Hey, I'm all for whatever you got to do to get by. Now, see, cleaning out the mailbox, there's another good transition for the other topic that I know you want to discuss in our certified delivery segment here. Um, And it's a perfect time for it. I mean, I know that COVID has kind of changed uh, people's vacations and travel plans. um, But typically in a summer, um, while I'm having a little bit more uh, turnover in the rental market, being in more of a college-based town, um, you're a little bit more of an established town. And with that, people take vacations, and not everybody knows that you actually can put your mail on hold. So how does that exactly work?
1: Well, there's a couple ways you can do it technically. You can either come down to the office, grab one of the uh, little yellow cards. I don't know the technical term for what that thing is but I'm but yeah, all... trying
0: to think off my head but what the like the p s number on it is but I can't remember myself but it's a it's a very obvious yellow yeah, card.
1: just a yellow hold notice and um, it's pretty simple to fill out just your name address will you be picking up the mail or do you want it to be resumed on a certain date and notice that you can only have it done for 30 days which some people like to abuse not mention any names um, but a lot of people can do.
0: Yeah, I don't think I don't think legally we can mention names. I think we have to talk about ideas in like a a very generic, general bubble. But yeah, hey, I got making you. Making
1: sure you're on top of your toes. But another way of doing it is, of course, uh, you go onto the USPS website with your account, just like you can do um, various things on there, like change your address to force, like we just talked about. There's also a section on there that you can. Uh, fill out a hold notice on there and it will go to the uh, supervisor's computer and in the mornings he'll print it out, hand it to us we know when it needs to stop when it needs to resume but unfortunately some people just think we know when you go away and
0: we don't we're not psychic. I think one of the big things that matters at least for most carriers I know that we care about, is we don't actually want your shit to get stolen. No. And we legally cannot just take stuff out of your box because you haven't emptied it in a couple of days. We can only take the mail if the box is completely full. Um, and the best part is when you do the whole mail, we can actually hold your packages too. So if you're gone, um, you don't have a package just sitting on your front porch for a week because I I promise you, like, I mean, I'm sure some cities are better. Some cities are worse, you know, areas, whatever, Um but there are people that notice when the package doesn't leave a porch and that's how your shit gets. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it doesn't matter how nice of a neighborhood you're in or not. Somebody's going to be driving through there and seen that said in there a couple of days. Let me just run up and grab it. I mean, we don't want that happening because one, it comes back to us. Why was it still there? Do you know if they're there? Trust me, we don't want to deal with it. I've had to deal with the, um, the postal police for various issues with people having stuff stolen out of apartments before we stopped doing that. So now everybody gets at an apartment. I have to leave you a notice because somebody was a jackass. Thank them.
0: Contrary to popular belief, we actually do take pride in keeping your mail safe and secure, keeping your packages safe and secure. And like, I know when I, even if I'm approaching a house, if I have a way to, like not in a way that's going to be inconvenient for you, you know, like I'm not going to throw it over a fence into your backyard or something, but if on the front porch somewhere I can like kind of stash it behind the pillar or tuck it away behind a bush or like you can clearly see it from the front door like that, you know, that's level of pride that most carriers take on a daily basis. Like we don't want your shit stolen um, and something as simple as the whole mail helps that and you know. Whether you do the yellow form going in in person or you do it online, like one of the best things is, and especially right now, like with all the COVID bullshit that's happening is you can go online and you can electronically change that. So let's say your travel plans change and you're coming back three days early and you want your mail three days early. You can go online and change that and we'll gladly bring it out to you on the day that your hold ends. Um, Let's say that. You know, you had a flight that that's winter time, and your flight gets canceled, and you got to stay for an extra day, and you're worried about something getting dropped off. You know what you can do? Jump online and extend that hold mail for one more day just to be safe. Like, it's a pretty convenient thing to have. Um, and I will say, full disclosure, I know that I personally done it at least once. If we somehow forget that your hold mail ended, um, please don't be mad at us, especially like, on popular vacation weekends or things like that. Like we might have a lot of them pile up and we do occasionally forget it. Um, which sucks. I always feel so bad when that happens. And if I, if I have enough time, I'll go back to the office and grab it. But sometimes I might have to bring it out a day late and I usually do write on a piece of paper to say like, Hey, sorry, this one's on me. I forgot. Um, but yeah, You know, I'd rather have you get your stuff one day late and know that nothing got stolen between, you know, your... New credit card that came in the mail or the Amazon package that you didn't think was going to get there, but it shipped a little earlier, something along those lines. Um, I want to know that you actually get it and it doesn't just magically disappear from your mailbox or off your front porch.
1: Yeah. um, Also, with that being said, um, just want to transition back to uh, your change of address thing while I'm thinking about it. I know we're in a different subject, but people also aren't informed when they do a change of address that these things do take – up to two weeks before they kick in and you start getting them at your new address.
0: Cause yeah, that's cause true. That sometimes have, the system can get backed up. a Yeah. Little
1: bit. I have a ton of people just like I'll put in a change of address and I haven't gotten my mouth. I'll be like, when did you do it? And about three days ago, I was like, I'm sorry. And I know it's kind of inconvenient, but we don't do that in town. Like I know ours, I pretty sure goes all the way down to like Washington. Like why? Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, why I don't know, it seems like it could be done like closer to home, but I don't make up the rules, I just follow them.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's still good advice to have. So, um, and then I guess, uh, I think you hinted on it, but I'll close up the whole segment with the little thing on hold mail is, um, you have two options with that too. You can select to just have the mail dropped off on a day of your choice, or you can go down to the post office and pick it up. Um, so just know that you know there's flexibility there. So your choice. Yes, yeah, that was uh, that was certified delivery. We hope that uh, that bona fide knowledge can help you and your carrier start to have a better relationship um, with you moving in, moving out, taking a vacation. Uh, you know those kind of things. And we look forward to being able to bring you more certified delivery segments down the road. All right, so this next little segment that we uh, thought up here, we're going to go ahead and call Postage Due. Uh, Bowers, I'm going to give you the lead on getting this one going. Why don't you kind of break it down for us? Jared, notice left. We want to give you a little
1: bit of knowledge to help make the world a better place.
0: Yeah, I think it kind of will fit in pretty well with the certified delivery segment. Um, You know, that's an area that we're trying to do to kind of make a very specific relationship between letter carriers in the country. And all the customers that we deliver to on a daily basis have like a better flow. And then you kind of brought this idea to me for a segment of um, just general knowledge that is good for the public to know.
1: Yeah, it's one of my biggest pet peeves out there because we should all be doing a better job of this. And what I'm talking about here is um, shopping carts. Everybody use them. Some people like to call them buggies, depending on what part of the country you're in.
0: I've but, definitely heard them called buggies. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we lived in the South. Everybody calls them buggies. Yeah. But, you, I mean, the South had it best, not to interrupt you on that, but the South did it best if you went shopping at a Piggly Wiggly and used a <laughs> buggy. Like, that's incredible. <laughs> I used a buggy at Piggly Wiggly. That's not a sentence many people get to say in their life. No. Piggly Wiggly was... Uh, I would like to like to say legendary. Yeah, I mean, I think that's appropriate. All I right, all right, anyhow. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to kind of take the train off the tracks there. So back to shopping carts and what we need to do better at.
1: All right. Well, we all know you go to a large supermarket, a large supercenter like a Target or Walmart. There's a lot of shopping carts, and there's shopping cart corrals, and that's where you need to put your shopping carts back. But for some reason. People don't like to do that. One of the theories is, for me, you're too lazy to do it. And some people like to come out and be like, oh, well, they hire people to go out and get shopping carts. Well, I mean, yeah, they kind of do have a few people designated at the large places. But I don't know if it's just me, but I don't know, Mailman P, do you... Uh, think it's just right for us to walk out and just take our
0: shopping carts and shove them anywhere in the parking lot we feel like so this is also a personal pet peeve of mine i won't i can't lie about it um but while you're talking there an analogy came to me that i think actually kind of fits it um so yeah they do actually hire people and that person's job is to go out and bring the shopping carts that are outside back inside the store sure um but their life is a lot easier if those carts are in the corral, um, let alone if you even just take it all the way back inside the store, which is what I personally do. Uh, but you know, the analogy I was thinking of is, um, let's say let's just take a sandwich shop, like a deli. So yeah, they hire a person to make your sandwich, right? But how yeah. annoyed would you be if you got your sandwich like the meat was on the bread? And a little cheese, or I mean, no meat. You know, there's vegetarians out there. That's fine. Um, like some base toppings, we'll just say, are on the bread with a little bit of cheese, if you're not lactose intolerant. Uh, but then um, they brought that out to you on a basket. But then, in order for you to get the rest of your sandwich made, like you had to go across the restaurant to a different basket that had onions in it, and then you had to go to a different basket that had like some dressing and toppings on. It. Like that, you know, it's kind of the same premise. Like that, that person was hired to give you a sandwich. And your life is a lot easier if that sandwich comes to you as one piece. And so it's kind of the same thing with like a person that works. they like, yeah, sure, they get paid to get shopping carts. But you could make their life a hell of a lot easier by just putting it in the corral.
1: Yeah, it makes it a lot easier, especially in these large uh, parking lots like some of these Walmarts have. They're, they're ginormous. And then you get these people who who well, kind of in the middle of the road in the parking lot. And maybe it's late at night or just being a lazy sack of shit. And you're just like. You know what? I could walk two, three aisles over, put that in the shopping cart corral, be a nice human being, but you know what? I'm just gonna leave it here next to my car and if it goes down the parking lot to the end, hits somebody's nice vehicle, so be it.
0: Well, see yeah, I think that's I think that's the big catch there at the end is that okay, uh you're lazy. And let's we won't even say lazy. Let's just say maybe um you're a hardworking person. You just put in a 60 hour work week, like you got your ass kicked. You're pretty exhausted. And you kind of look at it as like, oh, man, I don't really want to push this over to the corral. But then, like, just look around you. Every other vehicle that's out there... Well, I guess maybe not every other vehicle. A majority of the vehicle's out there, because some of them could be borrowed, some of them could be rented, you know, something along those lines. Uh, but, that, you know, that's something that somebody paid for that they probably have at least some small semblance of, like, pride in, you know? Um, and it's uh, it gets windy as shit out here in Colorado. Like, I've seen shopping carts just get blown through a parking lot, and we're not talking, like, tap a vehicle, like actually slam into the side door that can possibly dent on, you know, these newer cars. I mean, I drive an 89 F 150 that things, uh, you know, it's a steel beast, like shopping carts. I could do any damage to that, but the newer cars are nice and they could get scratched up and all of that. And all you have to really do is add, you know, 10, 15, 20 steps on a one way trip to put that in a corral and you're not going to be, you know, destroying somebody else's property that they worked hard to buy.
1: Yeah, you need to respect their uh, property. I mean, treat it, you want to treat their property like it's yours. Do you want me going there and smashing something into yours? No. Do I want you doing it to me? No. So there's where you just kind of need to be like, I'm going to be a little bit better today. I'm going to walk it over the cart, walk it inside. Because look at it this way, me and you, we walk a lot of miles a day.
0: And oh, it's, easily.
1: it's not the hardest thing in the world, but we put in a lot of miles. And you know what? I still walk it over because if you don't walk it over and put it where it belongs, I don't feel like I can trust you as a human being.
0: I mean, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say I couldn't trust you as a human being. Um, but, you know, another way to look at it, too, is to think uh, you chose to not push the cart back to the corral for whatever reason. And then let's say um, that cart gets blocked in a parking space now and now somebody that might be having a little bit of a tougher time or having just you know kind of a shitty day in general they now got to either like make another lap through the parking lot or now they're parking you know way back in the back of the parking lot because that this open spot that they could have had is blocked by the shopping cart that you didn't go put away
1: yeah I've also seen where people leave them in like the handicap area or in like the uh, pregnant mothers or expecting mothers parking spots I mean, seriously?
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, it's one thing to be lazy. It's another thing to, you know, kind of just go out of your way to be rude. Um, yeah. Those those designated spots are there for a reason. Um, and so you just need to respect that fact.
1: Melman P, do you have anything else to add to that before we uh, wrap this up?
0: No, you know, the way I look at it is... Uh, I think Postage D is a section that's going to kind of make the world a little more legendary as our listeners can go out in the world and put this into practice.
1: Yeah, um, I'm a firm believer in what we try to give to you in this section will make the world a better place. And everybody knows we kind of need it right now. So I guess one week at a time, we'll just try to keep pushing along. This is Bowers letting you know that this tag team will be delivering a new episode of Notice Left every Wednesday.
0: And this is Mailman P reminding you listeners, be legendary. Hey y'all, if you're still there, Bowers and I want to say thank you for checking out the entire episode and making it to the end. We know it's not the greatest thing out there on the internet, but hell, we had fun doing it, and we hope you had fun listening. We can only get better and make it more legendary with your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions, as well as checking out all our social media sites that you can find on our podcast website. In the meantime, you legendary listeners deserve a nice reward, so please enjoy these outtakes that we cut from the episode. Cheers. I guess
1: 2.30. Yep. Well, everyone. With that being said, I just want to know, Melman P. Do you have anything else to add before I close this up?
0: Yeah, I got something to add. We both have to fucking get better at not saying "Well, everyone are all right." when <laughs> <laughs> we're when we're relaunching the ending to something. So, um, all right, three. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't get me wrong. I'm just as guilty. I <laughs> like. Uh, We might have to go past three minutes just so I can say this real quick. Uh, What's that? Oh, I didn't even think about it. Sorry. Um, I thought I saw lightning flash. I went and looked, and then I just automatically did it. Because the sky looked like Twister. I told Bowers I thought an F5 was going to just drop down and murder me. Uh, Bowers, let's go for the 30-second mark. I'm going to make fun of myself here, too. So we're ready for it. Yeah. All right, so yeah, you know, um, we can also discuss the idea of these two badass astronauts that got out of Earth just in time. Like, uh, they left Earth, and I almost left them out of this podcast. I'm actually we're having to actually <laughs> eat, uh, and edit this in uh, because I'm an idiot. I
1: was just sitting here staring at the button to press to join. I was like, hmm, took me a minute.
0: Um, that's okay, because I've been trying to the problem is i don't know how long i need to wait like we were saying earlier i've noticed that if i like kind of do it pretty quickly um that it seems i have a difficult time getting you connected in yeah um so i just like basically play a waiting and that's fine because while i was waiting i killed the moth that got in the house which you know i have to kill (laughs) like 10 of those every fucking day right now um dude it's so annoying like, I have like I have to kick my garage door to get my bike out to ride to work. And, like, 20 to 40 fucking moths just come flying out every fucking morning. It's the worst fucking thing. Like, I've never seen anything like it, dude. And I have a personal vendetta against moths. They're the only thing that I, like, actively kill. I mean, if, like, if I see a mosquito land on me, I try to kill it because mosquitoes suck. Like, everything else doesn't bother me. Like, bees don't care. Yellow jackets don't care. Spiders, I leave them alone. Uh, but moths, like, dude, it's... That, like, super flittery, like, jittery flight plan that they have where they, like, fly <laughs> right at my face, and all I want to do is just fucking murder every single one of them.
1: Yeah, they're like drunk drivers.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hate drunk driving, too. That's for sure. Um, all right, word, sorry, I had to go clean it up because I killed the mosquito on the wall and a moth on the lamppost. <laughs> and the best part is um, the dog, Daisy, she we like kind of trained her to go kill the bugs. And so in one sense, like it's awesome because she does fucking eat moss in the house for us. But now I feel bad because she's kind of turned like, I don't want to say neurotic, but she's like kind of neurotic about it. It's awesome.